Welcome to Can, Can We, we talk, talk About This? I'm your host, Amberly from The Power of Birth. And I'm your producer, Rajelle from Bee Designs. And together we created this podcast to talk about women's health and the things that really matter. We have a real passion and focus on women's health and wellness and overall emphasize the importance of talking about maternal health. We chat to experts and continue sharing your stories. We're here to start the conversation, raise awareness, spread the word, call out gaps in the system and implicit biases. And we hope you learn something or even if you're just screaming yes the entire podcast. This is not a place for small talk. We're about real talk. And when we know better, we do better. And we challenge you to start this conversation elsewhere. Did you know you can find further resources on thepowerofbirth.net via the printable resources tab that includes things like a hospital bag checklist, postpartum toolbox, pelvic health information, and so much more. Don't forget while you're there to subscribe to thepowerofbirth.net for your free printable motherhood affirmations. I hope you love them as much as I do. Welcome back to another episode of Can We Talk About This? I'm your host, Amberly Buendicho from The Power of Birth, and today it's just me behind the mic chatting to you all about the baby blues. Before I get into it, I thought I should briefly introduce myself once again. I just found that I have quite a few listeners, so welcome and thank you. And to my old listeners or seasoned listeners, thanks for still being here. But if you haven't listened to episode one or you don't follow The Power of Birth, you may not know what I'm all about or who I am. And sometimes it's just nice to know who you're hearing from. So I often describe myself as a Pilates lover and chocolate enthusiast. Um, I love playing netball. I love being by the water of kind of any kind, as long as it's blue. And I would describe myself as a perinatal mental health advocate and women's health advocate. Um, I'm extroverted and I have a very loud laugh. (laughs) I also love to laugh. It's one of the reasons I married my husband. He cracks me up. Uh, Speaking of my husband, I have been with him for 14 years now. We've been married for eight years. So we met when we were 17 and we have two children who are now three and four. Yes, they were close in age, about 15 months apart. And through my experiences of becoming a mum, you know, I had hyperemesis gravidarum in both of my pregnancies. I had really severe birth injuries, personal anxiety, hormonal challenges, and was later diagnosed with PTSD. So uh, it sounds like a lot. I guess it was a lot uh, for, you know, a really short period of time. But, you know, then you kind of like throw in some identity loss and breastfeeding difficulties and sleep deprivation and just like general learning how to be a mom and having a career pause and or career change, I should say. And yeah, it's just kind of all a lot in a short period of time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so becoming a mom, it kind of changed the trajectory of my personal professional life. And I often say that. And it fueled my passion for advocating for mother support and the importance in recognizing the unique but very misunderstood challenges that mothers experience. And so my personal experiences have helped me become acutely aware of the shame and silence and struggle that surrounds motherhood. And while I'm on the other end now, uh, where my, I guess, experiences aren't impacting my daily life anymore, and I really have been able to heal and grow. It's been a couple of years. Um, 
we spent a lot of money and time on my mental and physical health to kind of get me there. But they have shaped me into this fierce advocate I am today and and also found, I guess, a new purpose beyond my own healing, and that's to help others find theirs. So, you know, I've done a couple of different things. Um, I've done events over the years, raising awareness for perinatal mental health. Um, I've created a website with lots of resources and support and conversations and storytelling like blogs and um, sharing people's stories, psychoeducation. Um, I've also got a few different certificates regarding perinatal mental health up my sleeve. And I'm also doing a master's in professional psychology. So the aim is to be a perinatal psychologist at the end of it all. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell, I guess. I haven't really recorded my experiences on this podcast, but I've been on other people's podcasts and you can see that on the website. I think it's on the about us page that I can link you to them if you wanted to hear it. Um, Maybe one day I'll do it on my own podcast. I don't know. I just feel a bit weird about doing it here. So I haven't yet, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Anyways, enough about me. (laughs) Let's talk about the baby blues. So I decided it would be actually be helpful to do a little podcast episode all about the baby blues to help people differentiate what is baby blues and what is, I guess, mental health related, um, personal anxiety, depression, things like that. So often I find that when a new mum is struggling that it's, oh, it's just the baby blues and it's kind of left at that. Um, I mean, I know women who have had depression, really severe depression, and even one who's had psychosis, and they were told that they have the baby blues. So uh, I guess that has fueled this podcast episode. (laughs) There's usually always a reason why I do these things, and it's usually from uh, lived experiences, not my own, but others. So yeah, that's kind of my purpose in doing this episode. I'll... Try and just stick purely to baby blues and try not to get into depression or, or anything else. But that will obviously come up because I want to be able to differentiate. Um, so, you know, when you become a mother, motherhood is often depicted as like something that's really blissful and joyful and beautiful and wonderful and effortless and all loving and like the peak of happiness for women. And, you know, at least in popular media and societal narratives, it is anyway. However, it's important to also acknowledge that the reality of motherhood is often complex and diverse. And while undoubtedly there are many joyful and fulfilling moments, motherhood also encompasses things like challenge and sacrifice and grief and loss and just a big wide range of confusing, complex emotions. (laughs) And we don't like to talk about the hard side of it. And this is sort of my little corner where I like to do the real talk, I guess, and talk about all of it. So oftentimes these hard times are put down to baby blues, but how do you know if it's the baby blues or if it's more than that? So what do we know about the baby blues? So we know that up to 80% of new mums experience this temporary period of mood swings and emotional vulnerability and unpredictability, which is known as the baby blues. And this is a really normal part of the postpartum experience. So 
It can be described as sort of this transitory emotional roller coaster, and typically within the first couple of days after childbirth and up to 14 days from then, it's it can be characterized as baby blues, this temporary mood swing and emotional change, right? It can also that 80, that 80%, by the way, that statistic is actually universal. So it can actually affect uh, new mothers from any race, age, income, culture, education level. And, you know, your brain and body are not to blame for how you feel when you have the baby blues. Feeling blue doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong with you. Um, so I'm going to give you a few symptoms that are popular with the baby blues or common, I should say. Um, and then we're going to kind of talk about when this tips over into maybe something more severe. So new mothers often experience things like frequent mood swings. They might be feeling sort of happy one minute and maybe tearful or irritable the next. There's kind of some emotional sensitivity around it. Uh, you might be easily overwhelmed just by like minor stresses. So maybe someone says something, maybe their house is a bit untidy. Maybe just even the thought of leaving the house with a newborn seems really difficult and can trigger some emotions. Often women experience crying spells. So increased crying or bouts of unexplained weeping are commonly reported with the baby blues. Obvious things like fatigue and exhaustion and sleep deprivation as well. But there's also loneliness. Uh, I would say mild anxiety. So anxiety is one of them, but this is more on the mild end of anxiety. Uh, it shouldn't necessarily be interfering with your day-to-day, but you may feel anxious about things. Um, you might experience some restlessness as well, like you kind of can't really sit still or can't get comfortable. Um, nothing's really working. <laughs> you might be feeling a bit meh, as some people have described it. So you're just like, yeah, this is life now. Eh, you know, so be it. Like, it's a bit like that. Um your emotions are pretty unpredictable as well if you experience the baby blues. And you might feel a little bit heightened as well, I would say. That can that can certainly happen. And I guess the maybe a big one would be that you may not necessarily bond with your baby right away. And there can be some some guilt or confusion around that as well. And so this is all kind of related to the baby blues. And it's unrelated to stress or prior psychiatric history. I think that's a really um, important note here as well, uh, which I'll get into in in a minute. So generally speaking, symptoms peak around the third or fifth day postpartum, but they do subside within two weeks from that peak. So if feelings persist longer than this sort of two week duration, This is actually when you should be seeking further support. So going to chat to a GP. Um, If you live in Australia, child health nurses are amazing. They have tons and tons of referrals and resources that they can send your way. Um, Maybe chat to your midwife if you've got one, your obstetrician if you've still got one. You could even just simply find a local therapist if you wanted to, or you could even, you know, use other modalities like a naturopath or kinesiology or, you know, sort of things that feel right for you and work for you, I would say. Um, but yeah, if it's if things are sort of worsening or are persisting beyond the two weeks, you really should be seeking support because then it's not the baby blues 
at all. Okay. So something that I've learned, I guess, when assessing whether or not it's the baby blues is you're kind of looking at the intensity of these symptoms. Are they interfering with daily functioning and everyday life? Are you still able to do similar things? You know, you've just had a baby, so things aren't necessarily going to be the same. But are you able to care for baby? Are you able to care for yourself? Um, Then looking at the timing or the onset of these symptoms as well as duration. So when did the, the symptoms start? How long have they been going on for? Have that Has the intensity gotten worse or a bit better um and then also how long has this been going on for so i would be thinking about those things um particularly if you have gone to maybe see a gp and they've kind of fobbed you off saying that it's the baby blues you can kind of assess within yourself you know is this will this go away has has this gotten better and then maybe get a second opinion. So obviously the baby blues is not an illness and you don't necessarily need to do anything for it. It should just be able to go away on its own. You just need a little bit of time. It is like a really big adjustment coming into motherhood, particularly for the first time. Uh, You kind of do feel a little bit unprepared and sort of everything's out out of your hands and you're kind of learning on the job. So it's perfectly normal and natural to feel a bit anxious or feel a bit out of control or feel sad or experience grief or feel lonely. Um, You know, it is a huge adjustment. It is a huge transition and learning to take care of a baby is just, oh, it's just 24 seven, isn't it? So, and you know, you're throwing sleep deprivation and identity loss and, you know, lots of other things on top of that. So it's really important to just go easy on yourself and also just pay attention to your feelings and allow yourself to feel them. I wanted to briefly talk about the causes of baby blues as well. So in a lot of the research that I've read, they don't actually like the word cause. They usually say contributes um, because, well, (laughs) you know, welcome to women's health. It's underfunded and under-researched. So (laughs) we don't actually know the direct cause, I guess, but it looks like that there's a combination of things that can contribute. And, you know, not every single mum experiences the baby blues either. It says up to 80%. So um, those lucky 20% who don't. (laughs) Um, So when it comes to causes, they talk about a combination of hormonal fluctuations, exhaustion, adjusting to motherhood, lack of sleep, and other psychological and social factors. So this could be this new body that you're getting used to, this new life that you're getting used to, this new role that you're getting used to and responsibility. Maybe you've had a career pause and you're finding that tricky, or maybe you've had to return to work because you have no mat leave. Um, you are also stepping into a really undervalued role. This probably depends on which country you've given birth in as well and raising a family in. Uh, But generally in the West, at least, it's an undervalued role. Um, Maybe you have a lack of support at home, um, throw in the sleep deprivation, and that sleep deprivation is linked to because baby isn't sleeping. So if you're actually struggling to fall asleep but baby's asleep, this would probably be a red flag, I would say, for something beyond the baby blues. 
Uh, so there's actually this really cool graph that you can look at. I'm going to see if I can post it in the show notes if you want the visual. Uh, but basically, it's who's it by? Let me refresh my memory. Um, so it's in the Handbook of Clinical Neurology, Volume One Seven One in 2020, and basically it's sort of like this line graph where you can see over the 40 weeks of a pregnancy, the increase in a lot of these different hormones. So progesterone, cortisol, prolactin, lactogen. (laughs) I'm just trying to read all of the ones that they've got on there. And once you give birth, so all of these are on the rise. And once you give birth, you drop in all of these except oxytocin and prolactin so you all of as soon as that placenta is out so it's the placenta is the conductor of these hormones right so as soon as the placenta is out you have the biggest hormone drop known throughout a lifespan so this is a bigger hormonal change than in adolescence so it drops to basically zero and So it makes sense, right, that there's going to be some emotional vulnerability and that there's going to be a little bit of struggle here. Eventually, your body will balance things out. So that's a really important piece to know as well. Um, So the reason prolactin and oxytocin hormones, they increase after baby is born is because they're associated with breastfeeding and bonding. So it's really amazing that our bodies kind of know what to do, but there is this really complex interplay of hormonal fluctuations that influence our brain functioning and our emotions, um, which contribute to the baby blues. I will say that, you know, it's important to know that the exact mechanisms underlying hormonal changes and baby blues are still being studied and that we sh- we have to take into account um, psychosocial factors that contribute to emotional experiences of new mothers during this time. That's a super important note. That graph is pretty amazing. I'll see if I can somehow get it up for you. Um, so check the show notes because if I did it, yes, awesome. I couldn't necessarily find anything that showed evidence of being able to prevent the baby blues. I know women who have had really healthy pregnancies and have the support of a village at home. Yes, that does exist for some. (laughs) And they still experienced the baby blues. They still had this sort of temporary blue, this temporary blueness, I guess. And I also know women who did not have support at home and who were even in domestic violence situations and they didn't experience the baby blues. So there are obviously a lot of factors at play here. And so when it comes to the baby blues, a lot of it is actually beyond our control. And sometimes our environment has plays a role and then sometimes it's other things like hormones. So I know that might seem maybe a little helpless for those who wanted some good news and the fact that they could maybe do something to prevent it. But the good thing about the baby blues is that it is temporary. That's the big thing about it. So always keep that in mind. And if symptoms have lasted for more than two weeks, it is time to get some further support for your mental health. Uh, But, you know, thinking about the baby blues, I was thinking about my, some of my personal examples that I had with the baby blues. 
Now, I will say at the same time, I did have a terrible pregnancy and a traumatic birth. So we have to factor in those things when I talk about my personal experiences. And I thought I had the the baby blues for about six weeks. Obviously, it was not the baby blues because it was not two weeks. It was six weeks. So there's something else going on there. But in saying that, uh, I did have quite a few little experiences uh, in those first couple of weeks. And one of them was, you know, I remember sitting on the lounge one night and, you know, my husband and I were watching TV together and maybe baby was there, maybe baby was in bed, I don't know. And my mum had called me just to check in and, you know, like I felt totally fine sitting there watching some TV and, you know, I was just, just in sort of like this fog of newborn days. And she asked me how I was going and I burst into tears, but I couldn't exactly tell her why either. Um, it was just a weird moment where someone asked me how I was and I just burst into tears and she was really compassionate and told me, Oh, you know, like it's just the baby blues. It's going to be okay. And you know, she kind of consoled me. Um, but yeah. And then like, I remember getting off the phone and then being okay again. So (laughs) I can laugh about it now. Um, Oh, I also remember absolutely dreading nighttime. It was just that I desperately wanted to sleep a full night or, you know, like a solid couple of hours, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. And so that sort of drummed up some dread or sadness around it being nighttime, just knowing that I wasn't going to get any sleep. And I think the key here is that that didn't last for more than two weeks. But I remember this feeling even now, you know, nearly five years on and Oh, just like those nights, those first couple of weeks, they're just so hard, aren't they? And, you know, for some people that goes on into months. I also remember, this is quite funny. I also remember bringing, you know, my, my newborn baby home and just feeling like this really intense sadness, but happiness at the same time. Like I was feeling these two feelings at the same time. And I also remember just thinking like, what now? Like looking at him, you know, one day my husband's at work and I'm just looking at my baby like, what are we, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> it was, I remember it being really hard to shower because he just would scream the whole time. So it's like, I couldn't even put him down for 10 seconds without him screaming for me. And when I say scream, he's screaming like a banshee. So I, you know, you just end up holding the baby all day long. And I remember really getting over that because it was just like, I just want to do anything else. Um, I remember breastfeeding being really tricky and making me really hungry. I was also nursing a birth injury as well. And, you know, so then you throw in some sleep deprivation and it's like, yeah, well, duh, no wonder you've got the baby blues. But I was up and down as much as my baby seemed to be up and down. Um, And I, I have this memory of, you know, finally transferring him into like a bed or cot or something and I noticed that it was raining outside and in my mind I was like when's the last time I walked outside you know and so I walked outside and stood at the front of the house and you know just was like looking at the sky watching the rain fall smelling the rain feeling the rain on my skin and at that moment my husband had come home from work and he's like what are you doing and I was really tearful and I was just like oh I'm just smelling the rain and (laughs) we both laughed together because it just seemed so dramatic but that's kind of the reality of the baby blues like you're you're really emotional and really vulnerable 
Um, and, you know, like I said, for me by week six, I was feeling like I was getting the hang of things better and I could handle the more day-to-day things for the most part anyway. And my feelings uh, um, had subsided. Uh, I obviously went on to have other struggles, but yeah, don't be like me and wait until it passes. Like if this is going on for more than two weeks, you really, really need to get some help. Um, and, you know, maybe if I did, I wouldn't have gone on to have really severe personal anxiety and things. So it's all, it's all relative. I will make a note here that while most mums will experience the baby blues, we can't just look at the symptoms alone, okay? So for us to fully understand if it is the baby blues or if it's something a bit bigger or more concerning, we need to consider the experiences that she's had prior to this. So was her birth traumatic? Did she find it challenging to fall pregnant? Does she have any physical injuries or does her baby have any injuries? How was her pregnancy? How's breastfeeding going? What kind of support does she have from her partner? Does she have a history of mental illness? How is her mental health during pregnancy? Is she having any scary or intrusive thoughts? I would be asking these types of questions as a friend or family member, if they're open to it, before determining that it's just the baby blues, okay? Because depression and or anxiety can also appear within the first week after giving birth. So yeah, it's important to consider what's been going on in her life prior to experiencing these baby blues if they are baby blues so if they are baby blues what can you do about it the first thing i'm going to say to probably any mum after she's had a baby is lower the bar you have just had a baby and it's important that you are not working at the capacity that you once were knowing including knowing how to to do anything baby related. So, you know, you're learning as you go, go easy on yourself, go easy on chores, go easy on the learning, go easy on work. Hopefully no one is exercising two weeks postpartum, but you know, light pelvic floor exercises only, please. (laughs) Um, You know, just give yourself the time to adjust and recover. And I would also say, give yourself the time to feel like if you feel sad, be sad. If you need a cry, have a cry. If you need a longer shower, have a longer shower. (laughs) So the other thing would be to ask for help. Honestly, that's, I know that is such a struggle and a challenge for some of us. And I really learned the hard way here. And it wasn't until I asked for help that I actually felt better, you know, not just regarding baby blues, but regarding my mental health in general. So asking help from your partner. I hate that we call it help from partners. Like I've got a whole thing around that. But, you know, in this context, (laughs) ask for help. Um, You know, family, friends, anyone who reaches out to you and they're like, oh, is there anything I can do? Like I know it's really difficult to be like, yeah, actually there is. (laughs) Can you hold the baby while I shower? Or, you know, whatever it is. Um, But tell them exactly what you need. What is it that you need? I know exactly what mums need. We need a village and we need help. And, you know, we live in... A world where we don't necessarily have that anymore so I think I hate that it's put on mums to then be the ones to ask for help I know being really vulnerable can be scary but yeah ask for help from people that you trust this one seems really simple but getting 
sunshine remember this is all baby blues related so getting some sunshine can help too so being amongst nature actually boosts scientifically we know it boosts mood so you can go for a really little walk outside like i would be you know you're going to be in the first couple of weeks postpartum so like walk outside to your backyard i'm not saying go for a walk um you know walk outside look up at the clouds or stars lay down and do some cloud gazing for a little while with your baby on your chest or something and you know then get back to whatever it was that you were doing but just being outside smelling the fresh air looking at nature um, does a world of a difference for your mental health Another thing would be trying to connect with other new parents. So people who are sort of in the same stage of life as you, that can be super, super helpful just for your mental health in general. But particularly in those really tough times, like I remember I had a little group chat with two or three other girls from work and they all had babies at really similar times as me. And so like we would, you know, we'd be up night doing night feeds or whatever and we'd be messaging each other. Um, Yeah, and I just found their being able to lean on them and talk to them when I'm having a hard day or, you know, talking to them about a win that I had and having people who just could relate in every single way, it helped massively. Um, So, you know, reaching out to people like that can help and, you know, joining a mother's group or, you know, whatever it is that that you need to do to, to get there. I will say something that really helps with uh, mental health or baby blues would be not to be drinking alcohol. So early on, uh, or using obviously street street drugs or abusing prescription drugs or anything like that, um, because they can all affect your mood and make you feel worse. So be careful and take care of yourself. Um, the other thing would be staying hydrated, eating healthy foods. I know that again, that seems really simple, but they are they're simple yet effective uh, for baby blues. Remember, and. Lots of horizontal rest. Oh, I could not say that enough. My goodness. So, you know, if your baby, I know some babies don't like it. You know, you kind of sit down while you're holding baby and they know that you're sitting down. Oh, it's the worst, isn't it? But I had one like that. Um, But being able to have some horizontal rest. So laying down, um, you know, you could be looking at your baby. You could be reading to your baby. Maybe for some mums, it's scrolling on social media or reading a book or, you know, whatever you can do in that little spare time that you have and getting that horizontal rest, it's actually really good for your pelvic floor, but also just really good for birth recovery. My last one is laughter. That has to be the best medicine for something like baby blues. Honestly, Uh, I remember I watched comedians like on Netflix in early postpartum because I thought I had forgotten how to laugh and I desperately wanted to laugh Uh, because I love laughing it's great and um, Ali Wong I don't know if you know her but she's um, a comedian and she had like her first Netflix comedy show series thing and I was like great perfect timing you know she was pregnant or whatever and it was really great because I was still able to laugh and you know I did notice that some things had changed maybe my sense of humor wasn't um, as vibrant as it once was but just being able to practice laughing was really good for me I did wince at some of her jokes, though, I will say, um, just after having a traumatic birth and a birth injury and things like, I guess I was probably a bit sensitive. So consider what you're consuming at this phase of your life. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> well, that concludes this episode. I hope it was helpful to you to sort of differentiate baby blues, um, but also to understand that 
you know, once it goes beyond that two weeks that we do need to be getting help because early diagnoses, early identification, early intervention and treatment, we have better outcomes and you don't have to suffer for as long. So I meet so many mums who are like, I wish I didn't wait to get help. So, you know, if it's, if you feel like it's not the baby blues and it's not getting better and it's not passing and it's been more than two weeks, please do get help. Um, and you know, get a second opinion if you've been fobbed off telling you that it's the baby blues when it's not. Um, and if you're experiencing baby blues right now, I'm sending you all my love and I promise you it gets better. We've just sort of got to let you recover from birth and adjust to your new lifestyle and your new life and new responsibilities and, you know, kind of let those hormones level out again too. So be kind to yourself If you're interested, I created resources for preparing and supporting your psychological health as a new mother and and prioritizing your health and well-being after a baby. So you can download a bunch of free printable PDFs and toolboxes and things that I've made. And if you subscribe to The Power Birth, you can also download some motherhood affirmations as well, which I found really helpful in the postpartum period. So Make sure you jump on to thepowerbirth.net to get those. Um, Otherwise, thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening and would like to share your story with us or feel compelled to talk about issues surrounding women's health, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. You can find us at The Power of Birth on Instagram and Facebook or on our website, thepowerofbirth.net. If you loved this episode, we would love it if you left us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and share us with your family and friends. The conversation has to start somewhere. Thank you again for listening and we hope you join us in the next episode.